morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever or wherever in the world you're tuning in from. My name is David Nash and together we're celebrating 10 years of UNFD, a cornerstone of Australia's heavy music scene by diving deep into the stories behind just some of the records that made the label what it is today. In case you haven't already gotten amongst it, throughout 2021, the legends at UNFD have been re-releasing some of the classic records from their back catalogue on limited edition collector's vinyl. So far, the collection has given us classic albums and EPs from local legends like In Hearts Wake, Hellions, Dream on Dreamer and Thornhill. Last month, we shook things up with an epic onslaught of politically charged hardcore from New York outfit stray from the path. And for October, we're heading all the way across the pond to South Wales where post-hardcore powerhouse Dream State have carved out a stunning reputation for their supercharged mosh pit anthems. The band's music itself is incredibly powerful. They've listed bands like Bring Me the Horizon, Thrice and the 1975 as inspiration, and with their one-of-a-kind collision of belting riffs and catchy-as-hell choruses, there's no way you could just listen to a Dream State song and be done with it. No, that shit's going to be stuck in your head for weeks on end. We find it's best to embrace it. But of course, it's not just the music that's powerful. At the core of the artistry behind Dream State is raw, soul-stirring honesty, visceral emotion, and explosive personality. CJ Gilpin, the band's lead singer and primary lyricist, pours every last ounce of her heart and soul into a song offering up devastatingly poignant musings on a life fraught with intensity and drama. All of those themes are crystal clear on the band's 2018 EP Recovery, which marks the latest installment in the UNFD 10-year anniversary vinyl series. But before we dive into that, let's take things back all the way to 2015. Now, it goes without saying that 2015 was the last year before The Matrix glitched and all hell broke loose. It was a simpler time. Obama was still president. Blunt was still selling poster magazines. Palpatine was still dead. And Harambe was still alive. Dream State were the new kids on the block. And with their debut EP, Consequences, they built up a solid fan base in their local scene. It came out just a year after the band formed and quickly saw them joining outfits like Don Broco, As Lions, and Buried Tomorrow for shows that proved they were a force to be reckoned with. They even had the seal of approval from Grimes, who was easily one of the biggest names in the pop world right now. As wicked as all of those local shows were, it was the Reading and Leeds Festival in 2017 that everything truly changed for Dream State. The band signed a UNFD backstage, literally filling out contracts in the artist lounge just a few hours before they played a set. They only had one new song written at that point, which was the absolutely skull-shattering White Lies, a song that wasted not a second getting straight to the point, fading right into a soaring riff that paved the way for a heart-wrenching ode to the perils of addiction. When they signed a UNFD, Dream State had a few simple goals in mind. Write a bunch of new music, 10 times as good as their first EP, get it all out into the world as soon as possible, and then promptly take over that world with a breathtaking run of international touring. Musically, the aim was to deliver something that you couldn't get from any other band, a sound that could only ever be described accurately as the dream state sound. 
Their fusion of pop-leaning melodies with metal-centric riffs made for quite a spicy mix, if I may say so myself, with CJ joined by the band's two guitarists, Aled Evans and Reese Wilcox, bassist Danny Raya and drummer Jamie Lee. Danny and Jamie have since left Dream State. Don't worry, there's no bad blood between any of them, but it was the combined talents of all five of the members that led to recovery sounding as captivatingly chaotic as it does. They all went above and beyond to make it work too. They all worked full-time jobs. CJ worked some downright brutal hours at a local bar. And with her and Arled sharing the bulk of the songwriting duties, they'd spend most nights jamming out and writing songs well into the early hours of the morning. The work ethic was goddamn intense. But look, in the end, it all worked out. And that's all that really matters, right? It wasn't just the band's songwriting process that would be considered intense, of course. Earlier on, I mentioned that Dream State is rooted in thematic honesty, with CJ writing openly about her own personal afflictions. Recovery was no different, being written about her own struggles with addiction and how she overcame a particularly brutal period in her life. That alone is pretty heavy, as any writer will vouch for me here. It's not easy to open up about something as personal as the demons you battle, but what made it all even heavier was that CJ wasn't looking back on her past to write about struggles she'd faced and overcome. She was writing these songs while she was facing those struggles, reckoning with her trauma by putting it into song while the worst of it was still happening. She saw writing as a survival technique, recounting each demon she came face to face with before, during, and after she landed the punches. To use her own words, the EP is, quote, an unfolding of states of mind or emotion, kind of like watching my life unfold in real time. As a result, putting this EP out was nothing short of terrifying. CJ was opening herself up to the whole world, showing them exactly who she was at her most vulnerable and defeated. But while it was scary as hell then, that's exactly why recovery was and still is so powerful, so impactful, so important. Fans of Dream State were able to connect with CJ in a way that fans of most other bands never get to. They were connecting over a common pain that they all felt, bonding with each other to utilize community, strength in numbers as a way to deal with problems that can literally kill people without a support system. It was difficult for CJ to listen to recovery when Dream State first put it out. Today, however, she feels at peace with it. Three years removed from it, The EP can exist not just as a lifeline for those going through what she did all those years ago, but a reminder that things can indeed get better. And no matter how low things may seem at certain points, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. On the touring side of it all, Recovery took Dream State from being local legends to jet-setting superstars. In the UK, they played festivals like Slam Dunk and Download, which the band had always dreamt of playing when they went as punters in their formative years. They did runs all through Europe too, and even made their way down under for the 2019 Unifier Gathering. If there's one set that defined the era though, it would have to be the one they played at the BBC's Maida Vale studio. They recorded that performance for BBC Radio 1. And although it's unfortunately not around anywhere on the web, you are able to get your ears around it. The B-side of this new vinyl pressing has the whole set immortalized on wax. Now that we've covered the basics of the Recovery EP, let's catch up with the band. First with CJ, then with Arled to dig a little deeper into it all. It is 
now time to meet our guests on this podcast representing Dream State. Would you please introduce yourself? Hey, this is CJ. I'm the vocalist from Dream State. <laughs> and it is great to have you on this podcast. Let's begin. Was any of the music for recovery already written before you were able to put your fingerprints on it? Um, yes. Yeah, the guitars, it mainly works where Alid will kind of like get a bunch of stuff down um, and then I'll start playing with the music and melody. So a lot of the guitar, um, a lot of the basses were down in demo form, like basic guitars and a bit of bass and drums. So yes, to answer the question. <laughs> Can you remember anything about these early sessions? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can. Um, they were great. It was just a, a lot of work. Um, uh, it would just be like days of me working in the bar or Alad working, doing his job, getting home, and then just spending most evenings um, just playing around and jamming, really, and just putting a lot of blood, sweat, and tears every day. I'm going to bring up a few quotes here and from a few publications I think some of them still remain to be true. So Depth Magazine said recovery is a story, right? While another publication said recovery deals with the different stages of her being you, CJ, different stages of issues with addiction and being one's worst enemy. Can both of these things be true? Yeah. Yeah. Our whole life experience is a story. But so just to answer that, so recovery itself is 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 like a story in, in regards that you're just seeing an unfolding of states of mind or emotion. So it is a story, isn't it? It's kind of like watching my life unfold. And it was, it was all, the funny thing is, it's all in real time. And that's how I write music. It tends to always be in real time. That way it's enough, there's an authenticity there and honesty, which I think is the most important thing when it comes to writing music. So when you say real time, you're talking about what you're experiencing at the time is what you are conveying in the song, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say if I didn't have it, how would I, I wouldn't even be here today. So that's why I think music is just everything. So, yeah, it was all happening in real time. I was getting my feelings out. I was in recovery. It was helping me to recover by uncovering, <laughs> if that makes sense. So. Was White Lies the first song that was written? Yes, yes, it was, yeah. So does that mean that the songs were written and made in that... Time frame, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that hard to do? A lot of the songs were in real time. White Lies is best definitely touching on some past issues as well. Um, so I wasn't like OTT at that time. I generally had gone from to like more here. Do you know what I mean? More balance. <laughs> Managing. So, yeah, it, it was okay. It was okay. You do what you have to do. Um, a lot of that stuff, a lot of people with addiction problems, it's a, it's a survival technique, you know, so. How do, you dig, how do you dig so deep into your own mind to find that subject matter? It's a big-ass question for someone like me. Um, <laughs> I've, spent all of, I've spent my life probably in my mind, um, in myself. I'm very... I, I am still and very was very introverted. So people like me tend to spend more time alone and it's just quite easy to just, well, some of us are born into environments of chaos, you know, and we can't accept the reality we're given. So we kind of have to fucking question a lot. It forces us to be like, well, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is that happening? So from someone like me, it's very easy to just get fucking deep, quick, 
for surviving i have to survive <laughs> so did yeah. it ever get hard <laughs> yeah yeah yes especially when like a lot of the time we're scorping our emotions so for me someone that hasn't healed from a lot of it i was constantly drawing from those pains and those wells which can be quite a fucking traumatizing experience alone just by re- reaching into the past constantly and having to inspect it even when you've you've accepted a lot of it having to go into music is basically yeah looking at it all again and facing all the pain again you know was there anything that you did record on this album any lyric that you were a little bit hesitant about putting out afterwards well yeah just coming straight out with like I think I've lost half my half my shit (laughs) so that's me being honest you know and that's not easy for me to well that's not easy for anyone to really do especially when well, I wasn't expecting it to go fucking, you know, as big as it was. <laughs> That's just the 30 people that come to watch us in the room, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Another quote that I've got here, Distorted Sound magazine said, whilst never reaching metalcore territory, Dream State are certainly heavier than your average rock band. For me, that's an unusual, it's not a critique and it's not a compliment. Were you ever worried about being too unique I guess that you couldn't be put into a box oh my god no that's my dream isn't it the dream if anything maybe there's a bit of like narcissism in there with me because I was like you know I will not be like everybody else you know I I don't want to be like that or but there's a bit you know it's not what's wrong with everybody else (laughs) but anyway um yeah I didn't mind it I think that's good that's what we that's what we're crying for isn't it in a society that's like we kind of blend a bit. We want that sort of like something new. And I don't even, I didn't even know we achieved it. If we did, great. But like, that is the aim for an, for an artist, I think. Anyway. Looking back, is there anything you think that might have enhanced this sound to, to blend in the way that you've said? Yeah, maybe some cool orchestral whimsical shit. <laughs> I think. I think that would have been great. Like, yeah, I would have loved to have put like some interludes in the middle yeah. that would like um show that yeah that waveform so before we talk about the subsequent tours let's talk about the reception did people grasp it straight away oh right yeah i think so because i think i was i think obviously it was people were calling out for it i think this is obviously something people are suffering with and themselves a lot of pain and when they heard recovery from what i remember kids were throwing themselves at me because like i can see obviously there's a lot of pain in our societies and like yeah, it fucking was seen. <laughs> Obviously, people related, didn't they? And that's what it what it is. When you said people were throwing themselves, are you talking about people were reaching out? Yeah, yeah, that's more a better way of doing it, saying it. Yeah, they were reaching out and like just at shows as well, you know, I had kids crying. Like I had no boundaries before. <laughs> so I'm there <laughs> like, welcome in, my children. But um but yeah, they were, you know, they were very um it was it was seen basically yeah do you know <laughs> do you know what the message was or do you know what anything in particular that people were connecting to the most they were connecting to my pain i think we were all trauma bonding <laughs> honestly i'm starting to like feel that i look back at life and i'm like fuck me <laughs> they were we're all like i know your pain i feel your pain let's come together with our pain and hold our pain so it's just miserable aren't we <laughs> anyway carry on it's an EP in its length. Was there ever a chance that it was going to be longer? More tracks? Um, no, 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 no way. But, but that was because of like pressure, <laughs> you know, the, the label and um, 
it was, you're kicking off. We need some more songs. Get in the studio so we can get you on tour. EP, let's go. Yeah, from what I can remember, and I could correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but um, we had to get some more songs written in a space of time quick, basically. So, and, so and not that, all of it. Yeah. A lot of it was written, but then it was like two or three more songs, if I remember correctly. What came first? <laughs> Slam Dunk Tour or Download 2018? Uh, uh, slam Dunk. Can you I tell us a little bit about that and why that was so significant? Obviously, the EP had not long come out, and I was like, oh, we're playing the same time as Creeper. We ain't, no one's coming to see us. You know, we're <laughs> nobody. And, like, we got on the stage and, like, we filled the room, basically. Um, all of it. We were, we, I think we had one of the biggest crowds at the time, and it was just like, it, I, I didn't know what to say. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, it's happening. This is it. We are liked. <laughs> we got a chance. So it was just like, it was a chance, you know. I just, it made me realise, oh, I can do this. Oh, I have got some goodness in me that people want to see, you know, that sort of thing. Download 2018, of course, for those that know, Download is where these band members met or at least some of the band members met here in Dream State. Why was Download 2018 so special? Um, obviously because as kids, um, and growing up, it is the, it is our, it is our go-to, you know, fucking download. Um, all the metalheads go there. So it's like a little, it's like a little society, a little community, family, whatever you want to call it. So to be up there, I remember when I was younger, I'd be up there looking at the bands, like, you know, I didn't have enough self-confidence. So I'd experience envy and stuff. And I'm like, I want that, you know, I want that. Um, so to be up there, I was like, I got it. I can do this, you know. Was, yeah. And I can speak for the boys as well. One of them was extremely hungover and just got managed to get through it. Um, and we'd been sleeping in tents the night before. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, I just got up there. I couldn't perform the way I wanted to because I was like, guys, like, I don't know what to do. I've never sung to this many people. <laughs> which stage were you great. on? I went to Download Festival in 2019. So I want to know which stage were you on? Oh my god, Zippo! I think it's uh, no, not Zippo. Oh, Kerrang! That one, the tent, big, the big blue tent. <laughs> it's massive. It's the third biggest stage. That's all yep. I know. <laughs> oh, Kerrang! You're right. It's Kerrang. I think it's Kerrang. Yeah. yeah, it is Kerrang. Yeah. <laughs> if if you were to listen to Recovery today, not saying you will, not saying you won't, but if you were to listen to it today, what kind of emotions do you think you'd experience? a lot I've done it I've not I've done it recently so I know I, I felt just a lot of peace you know it's actually a lot of peace just I look back at how much I was very a complex dysfunction I still am there's still a lot of work to do um but yeah a lot of peace that I've come a long way and I'm glad I persevered through all of that fucking pain I was feeling and I'm glad I put it all into music my mission with this podcast is always to provide the listener something new for the next time they listen to this recording, is there anything you think that people should know about it that you've never had an opportunity to say or never had the time and place to say it? Just because I glamorized um, my addictions and pains doesn't mean like that was, that is the path to take if you want to be a musician. I know a lot of kids will watch bands now that are like doing, we're smoking, we're drinking in our videos, we're doing that. And you may look as a kid and think, oh, well, they did it and they're okay. But I just want you to know that that is not true. I'd be a far better individual if I didn't do any of those things. Please take that into account and learn from me. Don't do what I do. <laughs> do you have a favourite moment on the album? It might be a vocal part. It might be a lyric. It might be an entire song. 
your favorite moment on the album on the ep I like new ways when we hit second verse and it's like boom, boom, ba, boom, 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 ba, boom, boom, boom. That's Reese, you know, and um, yeah, it's a great little riff. Um, I think it's Reese or it was Alice, one of them. Second verse, and it's about like yeah, getting off my prodigal old ways eventually. <laughs> my guest on this podcast is CJ, the lead singer from Dream State. CJ, thank you for speaking to me today and thank you for unpacking and dissecting this recovery EP. From what you've told me, it not only helped you, it helped a lot of people who were listening to it. So thank you for giving us this EP and thank you for being on UNFT, the official podcast. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. It's been great. <laughs> now that we've spoken to CJ, I think we need to dig a little deeper into this EP. We need to know a little bit more about how the music was made because it's got a great sound. My guest now on UNFD, the official podcast, would you please introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm, I'm Aled. I'm the guitarist in Dream State. And also founding member, would that be correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One of the OGs. <laughs> so tell us about some of your earliest memories of where the music for this EP came from. May 18th, 2018. God, it feels like it, feels like it was a lifetime ago. I remember drop tuning my guitar and started playing around with riffs and I guess kind of in the same place where I am now. I mean, nothing really has changed that's in those three years for me that much, really. Were you nervous about right. showing the music to CJ? No, not at all. I never get I never, never get nervous um, sharing music, really. Um, I'm always quite confident. And like, if I like something, then uh, I know it's going to be good. I kind of, I know what I want. And then I try and go to achieve it. And I don't know. I just, I just know what I like and I just kind of go ahead and do it I guess were you anticipating really shit there yeah in particular from CJ when it came time for her input no not really it never it's never really been that way I mean I kind of suggest oh maybe I do a screen there or like try this there but it's always kind of been like hey CJ here's the music now go and go and write some cool stuff over it (laughs) and then she'll go and have a play with it and then um you know she sends some stuff back like yeah that's good oh yeah that's not good and then kind of back and forth until eventually we've got a finished product. So when you started to understand what some of the subject matter was, talking about the lyrics for recovery, was that difficult to handle? Honestly, I I can't hear lyrics in songs at all. Like (laughs) not even our songs. Like, I mean, I know some of our lyrics because I've had to like read them and stuff, but in general, I just can't hear lyrics in music whatsoever. Like I could listen to a cool new song on the radio, but my, all my ear just kind of, zones in on melodies guitars drums that kind of stuff and then lyrics is like she, she could be singing about like potatoes and clowns and whatnot and i, I wouldn't really know <laughs> but, um what were the jam sessions like did everything come easy we didn't have that many jam sessions to be honest when for writing the ep it was mostly like kind of just done on the computer laptop you know um all of us sitting around or just plugging everything into the computer and um we didn't actually play some of the songs together until after we recorded them. Hey, so let me see if I've got this right. You're talking, you're saying that yourself and other band members are in different locations, connected via the interwebs. The internets, yes. This is how recovery was made. The blueprint, mm-hmm. I suppose, for the foundation for recovery was made this way. Yeah, I mean, I was writing most of the demos on my laptop and then... Um, CJ Reese would come over and then we'd all have a bit of work together, play together, work some more on the tracks. Um, and then we went to the studio and recorded them. And then 
And that was they the first don't. time you played them together. Uh, yeah. Was that, da- was that daunting? No, nah, not really. Um, we, we, we did the same thing with the album. Um, all, yeah, all the album tracks, we kind of recorded them. And then, then we had to learn how to play them. <laughs> we were like, when we were recording, we kind of, some bits we were making up as we were going along and then they were completely different to like what we uh, demoed. So I remember I, did, I had to tab the whole album after we recorded it because I forgot, I completely forgot how to play it. And even now I can't remember how to play some songs. So when, <laughs> when live shows come back and I have to go back and kind of re, reteach myself. Do you have them in a notebook somewhere in your studio? Uh, yeah, it's like um, a guitar pro tabs stuff. It's just saved on Dropbox somewhere. <laughs> Do you remember where you were when you first all heard it once it had been recorded? No, I don't. <laughs> it's like ages ago, man. Well, let me hear you I do, I do yeah. remember hearing it, though, and thinking, wow, this is really sick. Because, like, it sounded cool in the demos, but once it's been, like, recorded and done properly, then it's, like, a completely different level to me, and it just it sounds insane. When you say that it sounds so much better when it's been recorded than when it's in demo form, was there yeah, a, a yeah. particular element that sounded that 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 was so um, enhanced with that recording that you remember? Just all of it. Like I at the time, I was really crap at making demos. Like it just sounds like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, a proper producer makes a hell of a difference. Like uh, just everything it sounds it sounded crisp, and um, we had a really rubbish vocal mic for recording the demo so do you remember what kind of mic it was and you uh, remember why it was so crap uh, it might have been a rock band mic from yeah. guitar here or something i don't know <laughs> this is something that i hit cj with and i think it it really pertains to you because i think that your dna and your fingerprints are all over this so distorted sound magazine said about dream state and about the recovery ep whilst never quite reaching metalcore territory Dream State are certainly heavier than your average rock band. You have a lot to do with that. Yeah. Your fingerprints are all over the music. Was that your intention to fit in that middle ground? I'm not, no, I'm not trying to fit in anything. I don't really believe in genres. I think like I just want to do whatever sounds good at the time. Like some, some days I could write like some pretty heavy stuff, and other days it could be really poppy or like but at the time of writing that EP, I think. I wasn't as into like kind of more producing stuff back then. So it was just kind of more guitar driven stuff. Like New Waves is kind of a, I know I remember writing, thinking, okay, well, the other songs have kind of been a little bit heavy. Maybe let's try and have a kind of a softer track or not so heavy track, you know? Do you remember what your mood was? You mentioned that it really depends on your mood. Can you remember anything about your headspace? Aside from having no recollection of where you lived? (laughs) Is it possible you were homeless? (laughs) <laughs> um, written on the streets of wales yeah, it, it would have been in, it would have been in swansea somewhere swansea, <laughs> somewhere somewhere down the road yeah, yeah um i don't know i don't really write a lot from emotion at the same time it's like it's really weird a lot of it's like if it sounds cool then yeah um if it sounds cool then i'm doing it so i never like i don't really get upset a lot i don't get sad a lot um so I won't kind of write a sad song based off that. But if I'm writing a song and it sounds sad, I'm like, oh, this is a cool sounding sound, cool sounding sad song. Then uh, I'll, uh, I'll like go ahead with it. If that makes sense. Yeah. CJ told me that she was 
surprised and a little overwhelmed with the response and the reaction to recovery when it came yeah, out? Yeah, it was mental. Uh, well, at first with um, White Lies is the first song off that EP that we released. I think that was probably the year before the EP actually came out. So back in 2017, I think. And we were sitting on that song for so long. I think we recorded it the year before and then we were sat on it for like four months just waiting to do a music video. I can't remember why we were just so slow back then. And like we, we, um, we just thought we just, just released a song. We haven't released anything for a while. Just release it and just, just to tie things over until we release some more stuff. And then it goes viral, which none of us expected, <laughs> which was, uh, we just couldn't believe it. Loads of people were like, oh, they're buying YouTube videos and all that stuff. Like, nope. It's just legit, legit viral. And it was crazy. And then like, all of a sudden, like we had loads of this interest and people like just trying to work with us. And it kind of helped guess that next level and, Get us, um, get us going. Do you have a favorite memory from those subsequent tours? Yeah, um, it got us our first um, festival show, which was Reading and Leeds, which is insane. We got to open the stage for Reading and Leeds, which was huge for us because we never really played a festival before. Was that a shock? That point. Was that working? Yeah, it was, that working space was that a, an unusual environment to be in? Yeah, because like you know, we at, at the time we were only like playing kind of smaller shows to like maybe like twenty to fifty people. And all of a sudden, like, there's just loads of interest in us. And it was, it was really cool. Uh, it was, everything was moving like really fast. It was a bit overwhelming at times, but it was fun, a lot of fun. I remember being, we, we found out when we were recording uh, the other two tracks, uh, Solace and In This Hell. That's when we were recording them when we found out that we had an offer for writing a lead. So that was, and that was, that off was the, really on the time. back of White Lives. Yeah. If you could tell us your favorite moment on the album, it doesn't necessarily need to be a full song. It could be a lyric, a guitar part, a drum beat. It could be an intro or an outro, just your favorite part on the EP. Well, I could tell you my least favorite part because we tried, we tried jamming In This Hell uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it would be the first time that we tried to play it since pre-COVID. So There's cobwebs but, on the strings, I'm sure. I, There's a bit of dust on the, on the drumsticks. I completely forgot how to play a guitar part and I could not for the life of me remember how to do it. I was, I was just standing there like a lemon going, eh. Like, <laughs> you made it too so, complicated for yourself. Uh, I'm not even sure. It's not even a complicated part. It's yeah. really, it's just, a, it's just a clean section of the song later on. And I'm like, oh my God, I should know this, but yeah, I don't. So that's my least favorite part. All right. What is one piece of information that you would like someone to know before listening to this EP again? I, when I, I remember when I was trying to write, I was thinking I wanted them all to kind of be like, all have their own kind of style, you know? Mm. Like I remember when I helped myself, I thought, this is Circle Pit vibes. We always get a Circle Pit going, help myself. Listen to it in the correct order, not on shuffle. Not um, on shuffle. No, this is never, not an EP never on, shuffle. on shuffle. CJ has told <laughs> us about there's this particular order. You've got to follow the story. And that's what makes this recovery EP so phenomenal. Did she say that? She did. She's very smart. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I, sh- I think I should like be more aware of the lyrics. Like I kind of know the theme <laughs> of the lyrics, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I've so many times people have interviewed me and like uh, asking questions about lyrics. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Who are CJ? I don't know. I know the song titles. <laughs> I can tell you the song titles. Sometimes I forget <laughs> the song titles because like the work that like the demo names stick in my head for such a long time. What were some of the demo names? You have to give us at least one. Um, I can remember these a lot better. Uh, I know one of them was, I think, in this hell was called like Desmond Tutu or something like that. 
uh, white lies is two forty woof or four twenty woof or something like that. Are these soccer nicknames or something? No, they're just random things like it just came out of my brain. <laughs> and I'm trying oh, to man. name things. I'm speaking with Arled, the guitarist <laughs> from Dream State. We've been dissecting and unpacking their EP recovery as well as CJ earlier. Arled, I want to say thank you for joining us on UNFD, the podcast, and reminiscing some of the moments making and releasing this great EP recovery. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining me here on UNFD, the official podcast. And to everyone out there listening, thank you for tuning in. As usual, this episode was written by Matt Doria and produced by Abby Lou Key. I'm going to hop away from the mic, but stay tuned for our next episode in a few weeks' time alongside the next installment in UNFD's 10th anniversary vinyl series. If you reckon you can guess what's coming up next, feel free to hit us up on the socials. We certainly welcome all of your wild conspiracy theories. For now, of course, you can grab a copy of this incredible new pressing of recovery from 2400 or unfdstore.com as well as some destructively delightful dream state merchandise take care stay safe and mosh on Infinite.